Greetings, Earthlings. Today I'm back with a review of the most affordable tube microphone that I could get my hands on. That microphone being this bulky son of a gun, the Monoprice Stagerite LTM500 Large Multi-Pattern Tube Studio Condenser Microphone. If you are interested in this microphone, it will cost you around $200. Like always, I'll throw some links down below. Links? Links down below. And for this review, I have the microphone connected directly to the 18i 22nd Gen with my gain set at around 1 o'clock. I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it in post, so check the doobly-doo or the lower third to see what I diddly did. And now let's talk about what comes in the box. First, everything comes in this extremely large hard shell carrying case. In that case, you will of course get the microphone, about a 20-foot braided 7-pin XLR cable which runs from the tube microphone to the microphone's power supply, the power supply and the power cable for said power supply, a shock mount but no 5 8 to 3 8 inch microphone stand adapter, and a foam windscreen. Then as far as the build quality of this microphone, simply put, it does not feel very good at all. It feels very similar to a lot of the mass-produced, affordable Chinese electric condenser microphones like the NW700, BM800, all of that ilk. It does appear to have a metal body and a metal grill, but it is extremely cheap feeling, and they do have some resonance to them, which I will demonstrate a little bit later. As you move around the microphone, there are no switches, there is nothing there, but on the bottom, you will find the 7-pin XLR port, which you then run from the microphone to the provided power supply. Also, I did open up the microphone to make sure there was, in fact, a tube in there, and here's what that looks like if that is of interest to you. And for those who are even more nerdy, here is what the circuit of this microphone looks like. I don't know what any of this means, but I'm sure somebody's looking at this and learning something. Then as far as the power supply, you have an XLR output to run to your interface or preamp. You have the 7-pin microphone input, which you connect your microphone to. You have the polar pattern selection switch to switch between all of the polar patterns. And on the rear of the power supply, you have the port to connect the power cable and the power switch. And lastly, if you are interested, all of this stuff is made in China. Then as far as specs, this microphone is advertised as having three polar patterns, but it really has nine. It has cardioid, omnidirectional, and figure eight, and there are six additional patterns in between those three primary patterns. We have a frequency response of 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. The tube is a 12AX7. We have a sensitivity of around negative 34 dB. The signal-to-noise ratio is 82 dB, 80 dB, and 79 dB on cardioid, figure 8, and omnidirectional, respectively. We have a max SPL of 140 dB, an impedance of 100 ohms, and it lists a phantom power requirement of plus 48 volts, but that doesn't make any sense. It does not need 48 volts because it has its full own power supply. <laughs> you do not need phantom power to power a tube condenser microphone when you have a standalone power supply. <laughs> Get the specs on your microphone right, you dopes. 
Now I'm going to demonstrate all three of the primary polar patterns, cardioid, omni, and bidirectional. Currently I am on cardioid, moving around to 90 degrees, so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. We'll continue around to the rear of the microphone. Here is 180 degrees, continuing around to the second 90 degree angle, and then rotating and ending at the front of the mic. Now I am on the omnidirectional pattern, moving around to 90 degrees. Yeah, you shouldn't hear much of a difference going around to 180 degrees. Here's the rear of the mic. Going around to the second side, the second 90 degree angle, and then ending at the front of the mic. And now I am on the figure eight polar pattern. I will go ahead and rotate around to 90 degrees. This should be the most dead area on the microphone. We'll continue around to the rear of the mic. You should have another lobe of sensitivity here. Continue around to the second dead area here, second side, and then rotating and ending at the front of the mic. There you go. Now let's see how well this microphone does at rejecting plosives. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Now I'm right on top of the microphone to demonstrate the proximity effect on this thing. About three inches off of the mic with it pointed at the corner of my mouth and here's how the audio is sounding. About one foot away from the microphone, two feet away from the microphone, and about four feet away from the microphone. Now I am typing on my keyboard with Gatoron blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. <laughs> People get so mad about that. And for the Leet Gaming folk out there, now I am typing on the sad W keys. Here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room. And here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room on the cardioid polar pattern. Now to see how well the provided shock mount performs, I'll go ahead and bump my desk to see how much of that noise it rejects. And I'll tap on the boom arm. Now I am going to tap the microphone to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. You can hear on the grill, especially if you scrape it, you have that resonance, you have that tone to it. The materials are not proper for a grill or a microphone's build because that will vibrate, that will cause some kind of interference on your recording. That is not good to have. Next, I want to see how the provided foam windscreen affects the sound of the microphone. Currently, I'm a couple inches off and the foam windscreen is not installed and here is how it is sounding. I will blow into the capsule. Not a good sound. Let's put this on and see how it sounds. Now, I have installed the provided foam windscreen and it is massive. It is a big one. And here is how I am sounding. I can hear some of the highs being attenuated there which on this microphone is <laughs> a bit of an improvement and a big improvement on the wind hitting the diaphragm as well because you have <laughs> a lot of foam in between you and the actual microphone. Now I want to do a very quick comparison between the LTM500 and a couple of other microphones that are available around this price point to show you how it performs against the competition. 
Like always, I'll start on the mic we're reviewing. This is the LTM500. I'm about six inches off of this thing. No phantom power because it has a power supply. My gain on the Focusrite 18i20 is set at 12 o'clock. And here's how it's sounding. Let's jump to the first mic. First up, because the microphone body feels very similar to this, I am now on the Niewer NW700. This is a very affordable microphone that goes for maybe 20 to 30 bucks, six inches off, gain still at 12 o'clock, and check the lower third to see how much I boosted it. But here is what a 20 to 30 dollar mic sounds like compared to a tube condenser mic for 200 bucks. Hey, we're back on the LTM 500, so you can hear how this sounds before we jump to another one. Nothing has changed. Let's hear the next one. Next up, we are on the Neat Worker B, which is a $90 condenser microphone. Just a cardioid polar pattern, no filters, no multi anything. Very basic, six inches off, gain at 12 o'clock, and here is how it sounds compared to a $200 tube condenser microphone. Back on the LTM500 again so you can hear this and we can do a couple more microphone comparisons. I'll try to keep this short. Here's how my voice sounds. Nothing has changed. Same distance, same gain. Let's jump to the next mic. Next up, I am on the Audio-Technica AT2020. This is an extremely popular XLR condenser microphone that goes for about $100. Still six inches off, still gain at 12 o'clock. And here is how this sounds compared to a tube offering at twice the price. Let's do some more comparisons. We are back on the LTM500 again because why wouldn't we be? We need to do some comparisons and give you context. Here's how this microphone sounds, 6 inches, gain at 12. Let's do another mic. Next up, I am on the Rode NT1. This is a solid state condenser microphone and it costs around $270, so about 70 bucks more than the LTM500. I am six inches off of this gain at 12 o'clock. What a shocker. Check the lower third to see how much I boosted this in post. And here is how it's sounding in comparison to a microphone that's a bit cheaper, but also boasts having a robust tube sound. I don't know if they use those exact words. Let's do some more comparisons now. You may be wondering, Bandrew, why do you look different? Why does the set look different? It's because I'm recording this a different day because doing a tube comparison takes quite a bit longer because you have to plug in different mics. It takes 30 minutes to warm them all up. Forgive me. Let's do another microphone comparison. Now I am on the Avantone CV12. This is the Taylor Swift microphone because apparently she was a fan of this. It's a $500 multi-pattern condenser microphone, a very popular $500 multi-pattern condenser microphone. Six inches, gain is still set at 12 o'clock, and here's how it's sounding. Let's jump to another microphone and do more comparisons, one more comparison to be exact. And I believe this is going to be the last mic we're comparing, but here is the Monoprice Stagerite LTM500 tube multi-pattern condenser mic. Catchy name, guys. And here's how it's sounding. Let's jump to one last mic and do that comparison. And lastly, I am committing an absolute sin by hand-holding the Neumann U67. This is another multi-pattern tube condenser microphone. This one goes for about $7,000. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm six inches off, the gain is at the exact same position, and here is how the audio is sounding. I'm not expecting this to be a fair comparison at all. At all. I just want you to hear what one of the greatest tube microphones of all time sounds like, so you can get some context for how the LTM500 sits amongst it, among it, with it. I don't know the proper terminology, but here is how it's sounding, and... That's it for the comparisons. Let me know in the comments down below which of these mics did you like the best. Don't include the U67. Don't. It's not fair. LTM500, NT1, NW700, Avantone CV12. Let me know in the comments down below. For 200 bucks, do you get your money's worth? Will this give tube mics a good name or will they go down in flames? Now, I already know the answer to this question, but I would love your input. Please let me know in the comments down below if you think the LTM500 is giving you $200 worth of quality. Tell me down below. I guess I should start by saying no offense but I understand exactly why this microphone only costs 200 bucks. But first we'll start with the pros and the off-axis coloration on the cardioid polar pattern wasn't terrible. Also the shock mount did a pretty good job at rejecting bumps of the desk and of the boom arm and it is very affordable. And then as far as cons, the build quality leaves quite a bit to be desired, but I'm not surprised by that because you're getting the microphone, a shock mount, a power supply, a 20-foot braided cable. They're throwing in a lot of stuff for 200 bucks, so I'm not surprised that the build quality suffers. Also, the materials used for the body of the microphone and the grill do not seem to be well-suited for recording because they have their own resonance and tone to it. That's going to affect it. And most importantly, I don't think it sounds very good. It has a very artificial and harsh sound to it. But then as far as my overall thoughts and opinions on this thing, on the electric guitar, it's tolerable at best. I found the lows and low mids to be a bit boxy and messy sounding. The mids were undefined, and then when you get to the top end, I think it gets a bit too harsh, especially when you start to play a couple of higher notes. Then on the acoustic guitar, this is the application that I enjoyed it on the most, to put it nicely. The top end is very exciting and exhilarating when you first hear it. It has a lot of liveliness to it because it is so boosted that will become grating over time. And then you have the same issue with the lows and low mids where they are undefined and messy and just do not work. Then for singing, no. 
No, I do not like this for singing at all. It is muddy and undefined in the low end. The top end is harsh, overboosted, and artificial sounding. And then the mids are so confusing to me because the mids sound scooped, but at the same time they sound nasally. It's the weirdest. It what? It's it's a paradox. It should not be a thing, but it is. And lastly, for spoken word, I am not a fan of it in the slightest, but it is usable. I used it on my podcast yesterday, and some folks didn't seem to mind it too much, but it's the exact same thing. The lows are boxy and muddy and unclear. The mids are a bit too recessed, but they also maintain a little bit of nasality to them. And then the top end is just overboosted and harsh and grainy and unappealing. It has a terrible sounding top end to my ears. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Monoprice Stagerite LTM500 Tube Condenser Multi-Pattern Microphone? No. I mean no offense to the Monoprice folks who designed this, I just do not think this is a good sounding microphone. Tube or no tube, I think it offers an incredibly unappealing sound, and for 200 bucks, there are many other options out there that do not have a tube that I think offer a much more versatile and much more usable tone, and I demonstrated plenty of them in this video. But there is one group of people who I think I would recommend this for, and that is folks who want to tinker around with a microphone and mod it and try different tubes out, try throwing in some additional resistors, try different transformers, and see what you can get to work. If that's what you're going for, I think this may be an interesting platform because it is so affordable and you won't be really depressed if you destroy the thing. So if you're looking for something to mod and play around with, sure. If you're looking for a usable microphone out of the box, I would not recommend it. All right, that's it for this week. Let me know in the comments down below which of the microphones did you like the best. Are you excited to get into more tube microphones? Because I have a whole stack of them that we're going to be doing. And I am thrilled to be getting into these. If you found the video fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Hated it, thumbs down. If you want more vid videos, videos, subscribe. And a huge thank you to these amazing people over here. These are the members who pay $5 and more. They really do help me continue to bring you these videos. So send them a huge thank you as well. And until next time, I'll talk to you then. What? Bye.